you are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. It is Valentine's Day coming up, and I thought it would be fitting. Some of you are like, either like Valentine's Day reminds you of what love life you don't have, or Valentine's Day reminds you of the love that you do have. And so today I'm going to be talking about the problem with love today and four ways to test your love life. Now, for some of you who are like, I don't have a love life, I'm checking out, this is painful, why are you telling me about this? Stay with me. It's not really what, it, what, it, what you think. It's not really what you think. Four ways to test your love life. Well, um, so let me just tell you some challenges with love today, though. Some challenges of love today. In our Western industrialized world, very secular, in a digitized, visualized, sexualized world, our view of love can get skewed. Agreed? Uh, This is not a new thing, by the way. The Bible would tell us in the end days, there would something would happen to love. Something would happen to love. And that's what I'm here to tell you about today. That I believe we are closer to the end times when Jesus is coming back. I don't know if you realize this, but our King of Kings will return to this earth, and he's looking for those, his bride, to be ready. And I wonder, I just wonder if what he's looking for is his quality of love in his life resonating in our lives. The more I was thinking about this and the more I was preparing for this message, the more I realized, I want to be honest with you, um, my, my love is probably not where it needs to be. And, and, and I want to grow in this area and I want to confess that to you because, because I, I think it's so easy to say, yes, I'm committed in my marriage, I'm committed to the people in my life, I'll be faithful. But the love that Jesus is asking us to have is uh, my love life is lacking. (laughs) My love life is lacking. You see, in many ways, our our, our world, the way that we've been trained, it almost treats us as uh, an exchange of relationship. I'll do this for you, you do this for me, and then it becomes transactional relationships and almost transactional love. But really, it's, it's... what this world has produced is more of a slave's master's idea instead of friends and lovers. And today I want us to begin to understand, one, where are we in the spectrum of our love? And then number two, what's this kind of love that Jesus is calling us to? And so today we're going to test your love life. These are simple questions that you only answer yes or no to. And I want you to kind of make a mental note as we're going through this to say, this is me, yes, or no, this is not me. So here we go, number one. Testing your love life, here we go. Your love, you love yourself more than others. How's your love life? You love yourself more than others. Now, that might feel like a trick question because it's kind of like, well, I love other people. Do I love them more? Well, let me give you some thoughts here. In 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, it says this. This is the Apostle Paul writing to his protege, Timothy. He says, but understand this, that the last days, so the days that we are in, the last days there will be, there will come times of difficulty. 
So just in case you're wondering if, if being a follower of Jesus means it's like just a coasting life, he, he's not telling us it's a life of difficulty. But for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Okay, carrying on. Um, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying the power. Did you find any one of those that you could say, uh, maybe I'm struggle with that one. So, you love yourself more than others. Those are all qualities of self-love and being selfish um, than loving others more than yourself. Okay, so how do we do on that one? Just no raising of hands, please. <laughs> all right, number two, your love has grown cold. Your love has grown cold. Well, in Matthew 24, verse 12, I want to encourage us to think in this way. So, who are you loving the most? Are you indifferent? Are you distant? Are you not pressing into God or pressing into the relationships with others? Maybe you're being complacent and coasting. Your love has grown cold. In Matthew 24, 12, it says this, talking about the end times again. It's interesting that he's, he's tying all these end time thoughts. These are Jesus's words now, though. He says, then they will deliver you over to tribulation. Tribulation's hard times. And will put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased. The love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. Interestingly enough, you could read that to say, well, that's them. Those are people who don't know Jesus. So of course they're in tribulation. They're, they're going to be like haters. Their love will grow cold. But actually, he's saying their love will grow cold because they, they actually had love. They actually knew what it was, and they were actually followers of Jesus. But yet, through the circumstances of the world, they got numb, and they started putting up barriers to their emotions, and, and they, their love started to grow cold, distant, indifferent. How are you doing on that one? Yes, no. Is your love grown cold? Number three. Number three and number four kind of go into the same category, but they're different enough. I wanted to separate them. But the, the answer or the description of that is actually from the same scripture in 1 Corinthians 13. But number three is you're using your gifts and talents, but you're lacking love. In other words, God has given each one of you gifts and talents. He's given you things that contribute to our world, to our community, and, and you're realizing that, that we can function in these things and actually be successful, but we lack love. 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I want to read that for you. It says, If I speak in tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Can you say nothing? nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Okay, here we go. Here's, here's your love test. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable. Anybody get hangry? A little hungry and then you get angry and get a little irritable? Okay, I'm talking to myself right now, so it's... it's I do that sometimes. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. There's that enduring to the end theme. That says love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away for we know in part and prophesy in part. Basically today, we only see, see through a glass dimly. We don't have the full revelation of who God is. But when the perfect comes, who's the perfect? Jesus. When Jesus comes back to this earth, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man... I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully. Even as I have been fully known. Here's that last part. For now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. So go back to number three. So you're using your gifts and talents, but you're lacking love. And this is what that scripture is saying. He says, you've got all these even supernatural prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, knowledge, all these like magnificent gifts. And I would even say, you know, just regular gifts of generosity and hospitality. You, you've got all these things, but like you're doing, but are you loving? Are you loving? Because it's easy, it's easy. And I, New Englanders, we love to keep our distance a little bit. We love to be busy. We love to be efficient. We love to be productive. And in our doing, we're for, we're, we forget that we are actually human beings, not human doings. And in our being, we need to have the essence of who God is, which is love. And we'll get to define that in a moment. But how are you doing? So are you, are you good just being, getting the thing done? Or are you loving in the process? And then number four, you have faith and hope, but struggle with love. And honestly, this has been the one that just kind of stuck out to me. I mean, I have faith. 
I believe God for the miraculous, and like I'm believing that God will bring a full restoration. I don't know if you know this, but one of our dear members of our, our church, Kathleen Malway, who's, who's just been a, a steady in our church for years and years, had a stroke and is in the hospital. And um, her daughter, uh, Kelly and Lars, who are elders in our church, um, it's a really difficult time for the family. But I believe, and so pray for them, please, but I believe that God can miraculously heal her and fully restore her in Jesus' name. And I have hope. You know, if you ever do those personality profiles and they, they measure your, um, their, your positivity in life, I'm off the charts. I'm a positive person, and, and I, I have a, all kinds of hope for the future. I am a half glass, half full glass kind of guy. Yeah, half full, not half empty. A half full kind of glass kind of guy. No, I said it wrong. I am one of those guys. I can still mess it up and I still think I'm awesome. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Does that describe it better? All right. <laughs> But I'm hopeful, I'm full of faith, but how well do I love in the way that God requires of me to love? How selfless am I? You see, here they talk about in the end days that, that, that our tendency will become very selfish. And self-centered. In many ways, this is... Oh, here's illustration time. My son made this little bow, by the way. Little Elliot. Good job, Elliot. See here? There's Elliot, yeah. So, if you were to think of, of Valentine's Day, you'd think of maybe a little Cupid, right? So, there, there's Cupid's bow. Watch out. It is... I hope I don't let that go and just, like, just goes. But... But thankfully, it's not a sharp point. So anyways, you see the picture of Cupid, but in many ways, this is what's going to happen. And this is what is happening in our society, is, is we're, we're doing this. See, instead of Cupid's arrow shooting out in affection towards others, we're waiting for it, all the affection to be around us. We're waiting, at what's in it for me? Where's my love? Self-love. I want this love, and I'm going to get this love, and I'm going to revolve this world around me, and so I can live my best life now. And the reality is we're, we're, we're expecting, and we think life should be this way, and this is, by the way, what the world tells us to do. The world wants everything to be revolving around us, but the reality the kind of love that God's wanting from us is a love that's always being directive towards others, not towards herself. Uh, I'll give you a little something for you to say to your neighbor in a second. Love is not about me. Love is about you. Can you turn to your neighbor and say that? Love is not about me. It's about you. Now, I know the person who's, who's receiving is like, you're right, it is about me. <laughs> See, you love it, right? You're thinking, but why did your mind go so fast there? Like, I want to get that kind of love. It's about me. But what if you, I, I was playing this out in my mind this week of saying, what would it, 
What would my day actually look like if I lived my day only focused on other people? Only focused on the needs of people around me. On my neighbor, in my home. Would it look differently than the way you normally live your life? So I played it out a little bit. It's like, well, I wouldn't get anything done. Well, would you or wouldn't you? Maybe that's a trick in our mind to think that we, we, our to-do list has priority over our to-be list. That we are to love one another as we are going out through our day. But let, let's talk about this for a moment. If love's not about me and love's about you, then what is it? It's really not about what I receive but it's what I give, then let's talk about what this, what this love really is. Could it be if you lived this way that there would be more words of appreciation, there would be greater acts of kindness and more affection? Could it be? Maybe there would be more conversations about somebody else and less conversations about yourself. Maybe you look at the needs around you and, and instead of pushing them off like somebody else is going to meet those needs, maybe you are going to be a little inconvenient to meet those needs. Maybe there are, you notice dirty dishes in the sink. And instead of saying, mom or dad will do those, I'll just take the initiative and do those. Maybe there'll be more doors opened up for the people behind us. Maybe. You know, uh, people are saying chivalry is dead. Do you agree? Okay. So when I go out there, I'm going to see all you men opening doors for your women in the parking lot, right? All right. Um, I wonder if chivalry, though, was initiated for men because men tend to be a little selfish. And men need the, the repetition. You know, we're a little slow learners sometimes. We need the repetition of thinking of other people more than ourselves. Well, I'll tell you, chivalry actually was, was first came about in the first and second century after Jesus was around, only 100, 200 years afterwards. It's interesting, though, it kind of was a code of how we acted and how we treated each other. Now, back in the 19th century, they came up with the Ten, Ten Commandments of Chivalry. Ten Commandments of Chivalry. I agree with ten of them. I don't agree with... i sorry, I agree with nine of them. I don't agree with one of them. But let me just read them to you. I think it's pretty interesting. Thou shalt believe all the church teaches... And thou shalt observe all of its directions. Now, I'd rather say believe all that the Bible says. I mean, hopefully there's a Bible-believing church that's telling you things from the Bible, but I agree with that one. But believe the Bible. Number two, thou shalt defend the church. I'd also, again, rather say defend Jesus. Okay, not necessarily the church. Number three, thou shalt respect all weakness, and thou shalt constitute thyself the defender of them. Thou shalt love the country in which thou was born. Well, I think we should love the kingdom of God in which we were, had our new birth in. But I could get that one. Thou shalt not recoil before thine enemy. Recoil is like, uh, like fall back, fall back. No, no, no. When we're going after the enemy, we're pressing in. 
pressing in. Thou shalt make war against the infidel without sensation and without mercy. The infidel would be those who are faithless. Uh, sensation is, is basically without ending. That's the one I disagree with, by the way, and I'll tell you in a moment why. Number seven, thou shalt perform scrupulously thy feudal duties, and they shall not be contrary to the laws of God. That is true. So the laws of the land, so these were, these were, um, these were typically the knights that would have these things. So the duty of a knight, they uphold the duty unless it goes against the word of God. Thou shalt never lie. Thou shalt remain faithful to thy pledge, thy word. Thou shalt be generous and give largeesies. Largies is the name, actually. Basically, I looked it up. I had to look it up. I didn't know what it meant. Generously to everyone. And number 10, thou shalt be everywhere and always the champion of the right and the good against injustice and evil. Okay, I, I can kind of go with those things of chivalry. I think there's some sense of duty and love in there. But the one I disagree with is, thou shalt make war against the infidel, the unfaithful, without uh, cessation and without mercy. Because, guess why I, I don't agree with that? Because it's contrary to actually the way we are to love. The Bible says that we're to love our enemy. Which is kind of a hard way to do. So why do we love? We love because this. John, 1 John 4.19 says this. We love because God first loved us. And how did God find us when he loved us? Were we all prissied up and all perfect and all put together? While we were yet sinners, while we were like a pig in a mud pile, in the grossness of our sin, God came and found us, and he loved us. He loved us. You see, we were in opposition to God. We were actually the enemy of God when he came and he found us and he rescued us. And that's the kind of love that he's expecting from us. So how are we to love? In Luke 6, 35, you'll see it on the screen. But love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them. Expecting nothing in return. Then your reward will be great. And you will be the sons of the Most High and daughters. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Isn't that interesting? God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. And if God's kindness is this way, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. How much more should our kindness to everybody around us? So yes, we have to look at our own selfishness, but then we have to look about how much we consider somebody's lives around us. How much do you think of other people in your workplace when you're driving down the road? Is it about you on the road or is it about everybody on the road? I often think about this when I'm driving and I get impatient with either somebody super slow or somebody driving recklessly. I play in my mind the reckless driver. It's like maybe they're just actually in a real rush to get somebody to the hospital. It's an emergency. It's a legitimate thing. But instead of me getting all worked up about it and kind of like I've been inconvenienced because somebody's being reckless around me or the slow driver, and then I pass them, I realize it's grandma just trying to be safe. 
And why did I get so frustrated at grandma that's probably living a lot slower life than I should be living? I mean, I should be modeling my life after her. But yet, we get so inconvenienced so fast with people around us, and yet these are the people that we are called to show kindness and love. What would our world look like? So my question for us, again, is how is your love life? How are you doing? Did you answer yes or no? And did you answer no just one time that I would say that we need to work, all of us need to work on our love lives? On February 14th, about 270 AD, 270 years, or 230 years after Jesus was on earth, there was a guy named Valentine. We know him because we actually have a holiday named after him. He was a holy priest in Rome, and uh, that was the days of Emperor Claudius II. Well, Emperor Claudius was not too happy because people were not signing up to go into the military, and he needed all the young men to be in this military for the Roman conquests. So what he did, Claudius decided that he was not going to allow, he made a law that young men could not marry. Because he realized that people weren't wanting to go to war because they wanted to be home with their families and they wanted to, to be married and be in love relationship. Well, Valentine thought that was not right. And he started marrying people anyways. Well, St. Valentine became a saint after he was put to death. He was beaten and then he was beheaded for his act of trying to help young love. He became a saint because on February 14th, when he lost his life, they realized that that kind of love is sacrificial love, that he would lay down his life for the sake of others to experience love. That's what Jesus did for us, right? God so loved the world that he gave his only son, and in that giving, he was sacrificial. St. Valentine Gave that kind of sacrificial love as well. That's what John 15 says. Greater love has no one than this, than someone who to lay down his life for his friends. And I would say this, not only your friends, but also your enemies. Could it be the measure of your love life is measured on how much we lay down our lives for others? As the worship team comes, I want you to consider that again. Could the measure of your love life... See, it's different than what the world says your love life is. Your love life is like romantic and it's about how I feel. And... But what if true love, the love that probably gives us the greatest satisfaction, is living our lives for others? I want to challenge you this Valentine's week that maybe, maybe not think about if you're in a relationship, just a card or a flower, but maybe actually an act of service, maybe something that would actually cost you something. Now, if you're not in a relationship, how about this Valentine's realize that love the way that God has asked us to love? A selfless kind of love. 
that just maybe, just maybe you'll, this week, instead of living your life like this, where's, where's the my love? A selfish, selfish kind of love. That maybe you wake up every morning and say, how can I express love? How could I express the love that God has for a world that is so lost around us? That maybe we have to slow down long enough. Maybe we have to spend some quiet time in the morning to get focused enough. And maybe we just need to think of others more than ourselves. That we say this week and the weeks ahead, I'm going to love the way that God wants me to love. You see, I, I believe there is a time where Jesus, and I believe it's sooner than we think, that Jesus is coming back to this earth. And I wonder if that's what he's looking for. I wouldn't be surprised because he spent so much of his scripture talking about, you're doing all these great things for me, but you don't have love. You have faith and you have hope, but the greatest of these is love. Greater love has no one than this, than someone who will lay down his life. That means a selfless, sacrificial kind of living, which is so contrary to our world today. And like I started, just in case you think I'm preaching to you, I'm preaching to me. My love is not where it needs to be. And this week, I'm taking the challenge with me like I am asking you to take this challenge to just have our love be expressed a little bit more fully outward as you live your, love, your life this week lead with love thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast if this ministry has impacted you and you would like to partner with Grace Capital Church to impact the communities around you please join us at gccnh.com forward slash partners